Uh, hey, everybody, Scooter. I'm going to hand things right over to Claude Nian uh, to take over our holiday cereal series, which I don't think, I think it's just called the uh, Claude, Claude Nian Report made for now because I couldn't think anything else. So I'm going to throw things over to Claude Nian. And he's a report, you know, uh, correspondent. Uh, good evening, everyone. This is Claude Neon reporting. I'm very happy to be here. Thank you, Scooter. And those of you who were, were with us last week but were not awake, or those of you who were not with us, last week I was able to publish a report where I tracked down Roberta Claus, who most of us know over the past year had a, a abrupt rise into the public eye and then an abrupt fall out of the public eye as Santa Claus became real. He became a public figure, a real public figure in our world. And then not long after that, Santa Claus passed on and the world mourned. And those were, were bright days we had together in mourning. But after Santa Claus's passing, the world was informed that Roberta Claus, Roberta Claus had taken over for Santa Claus. So she was the new Santa Claus. And then the world quickly turned against her. You could see it in my prior report, but uh, rejected Roberta Claus's authority. And then she quickly, as the intensity of the outrage and the pushback, she dropped from the scene. And I, I followed my curiosity. I said, where is this Roberta Claus and why is she in hiding? And just recently I had tracked her down and I had spoken with her uh, to find out why. And apparently I was incorrect. My theory had been that she was still planning Christmas and that she was up to something. Interviews with children and research I had done on my own had said this childlike mythology had started with this secret Santa and I thought Roberta Claus was behind it. And, you know, even though I'm a reporter, I am a human being and I am a Christmas Santa Claus fan. So I was hoping to discover that Roberta Claus was just steps away from, you know, getting the, you know, oiling the sleigh and all those things. But I was shocked to learn, or maybe I was not shocked to learn, I was disappointed to learn that Roberta Claus was truly in hiding. She was alone. And that while she hadn't given up on Christmas, she had decided to take Christmas off and to take this year off of Christmas in 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 we some of us know that Roberta Claus before there's not clear reports, but I'm pretty sure uh, from Scooter, the, the young man that does this program normally, he he claims that she was once a human being and a scientist, and so I said, well, she's she's going to observe Christmas. But as I told Roberta Claus about my theories about Christmas, about Secret Santa, she became very nervous and upset. And she did not like this idea of a, Santa, a secret Santa that was going through these child, children. But they said, there is another Santa out there, a secret Santa. 
and Roberta Claus uh, suspected that the secret Santa may not have intentions that were best for the children of the world. And and I filed that report with Scooter, but then after I sent the files out, I sat down to review my notes and to prepare. Roberta Claus was trying to figure out what her next move would be and how we would deal with Secret Santa. And we were in a small apartment in an undisclosed location, a fairly populated area, and there was a knock at the door. Now, I wasn't shocked or frightened by this knock, and neither was Roberta Claus. For many of you may wonder, well, geez, how how did you, you're some gumshoe, you're some reporter called Neon. You tracked down Santa Claus, and no one's done that in thousands and thousands of years. And people have been searching the globe for this Roberta Claus. How did you, well, I did have an inside man, an inside elf in this case, uh, named Spackle the Elf. Now, Spackle is not a Christmas elf, you might say. Is he a North Pole elf? Does he work for Roberta Claus? Did he turn? All the questions about Spackle will be answered. But Spackle is a forest elf, and he knows uh, the man who produces his podcast, Scooter. But Spackle was an essential part of me. And I uh, trailed or tracked down Roberta Claus. But as I said before, I described Spackle there. There was a knock at the door. Now, as I went to the door, I was expecting Spackle the Elf to be standing on the other side of that door. But when I opened the door, he was not standing there. Standing on the other side of the door was a young child. And I won't give out any of the details of the child other than to say the child stood there. And for a second, I stood there because I said it took me a while to absorb the fact. And to say I enjoyed my time with Spackle thus far would be an understatement. So I expected to see my good friend Spackle the Elf standing at the door there to ease my transition with Roberta Claus and help us. Not save Christmas, but, you know, figure stuff out, I guess. But there was a child there. And my, I, 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 there was something about the look on the child's face. It wasn't fear. But it was, it, it triggered some something in me. And I said to the child, I said, yes, child. And the child said, is Roberta Claus here? And Roberta Claus, I could hear her gasp. And I said, I said, Roberta Claus. To the child looked past me and saw Roberta Claus and said, Roberta, they're coming for you. You need to go now. And Roberta Claus said, let's go. And without anything other than grabbing a coat and a small bag, she packed, she said, are you ready? Let's go. And I said, I said, I said in my brain, I did not say this aloud. I said, well, she, she must have been on the run for a while and used to this. But I also sensed a hurry, and she, she, she walked past me and walked out the door, and she said, thank you. And she patted the child's head, and she walked past, and I rushed to catch up with her. 
And she said, do you have a car? I said, yes, it's not far. And she said, did you say you're traveling with an elf? And I said, yes, Spackle the Elf. And she said, Spackle, she goes, I know who that is. And I said, we won't talk about you in Spackle's history, Roberta Claus. But I said, we walked to my rental car and we got in. And Roberta Claus said, where's Spackle? I said, back at the room we're renting. And she said, oh, do you use V? And I said, yes, we do. Yes, I did. And then she said, we'll, we'll, we'll get him soon. And then she said, take a right. And I said, Roberta, where are we going? She said, we need to rent a U-Haul. And she said, it was such a, I, I thought, I said, just drive, just drive, Claude. And we went to a, a, a U-Haul place. It was not actually, it was another place that rents those type of trucks. And she said, go in there and rent a truck and, and make it quick. And I went in and I, I tried to make, I could not make it quick. It was, there was a lot of paperwork and questions. And I had to, I said, well, I'm moving. And I said, am I lying? If lying for Roberta Claus, I thought it was strange. But she she did not tell me to lie. But I said, well, I'm in the naughty list now. It actually gave me a bright spot. But then I did, and I, it was very difficult to back up the uh, U-Haul. But I got it. And then we then it was really boring. We returned my rental car to the rental car agency, and then we were both in the U-Haul. And I said, where to next, Roberta? And she said, we need my sleigh. And we drove, and I said, what about the reindeer? And she said, they've already been, she goes, they've been taken to the Dusseldorf Zoo. She goes, they were taken months ago. She goes, they're perfectly happy. It's a, you know, wild, roaming, beautiful zoo in Dusseldorf. I've never been there, she said, but I've been led to believe that the reindeer are very happy. But we need to get my sleigh. And as we pulled down the street, you know, many, many turns and things, cobblestone street, it was a dark street. It was filled with those old wooden garages and felt like a, it was close to the water as the air came in through the window, like an old uh, but refurbished dock area. And she said, it, it, it's, it's up here on the right, but then we heard the noises of a crowd, a crowd, and it sounded like a mob, not an angry mob, but muttering of thousands and thousands of people. And it turns out it was only hundreds and hundreds of people. But Roberta peeked around the corner and I peeked over her shoulder. And not two blocks from where these warehouses were, these garages were, was a small square filled with people, with, with, with some sort of burning. I said, oh, man, this is a mob. This is the mob the child was talking about. But we loaded the Roberta's sleigh into the U-Haul, and she seemed to be an expert at the logistics of pushing the sleigh. And she said, don't worry, this, you know, is highly slidable. You know, very, very, so we've, it was the easiest thing I've ever moved. I can't imagine it getting it through a door of an apartment building. 
or up a flight of stairs or two. But we got it in the U-Haul. And then more chattering came from the mob. And Roberta slid the U-Haul door closed. And it made this sound and then the slam and the click of the latch. And she said, let's go. And as we, and I said, in the U-Haul, she said, no. And we watched, we watched the group. And again, as I watched closer and took a few minutes at a, something about the closing of the U-Haul, something about that sounded calmed me down a bit. And it was just, it didn't seem like an angry mob. It was people with candles. And I noticed they had started filing into a church. And I said, oh, okay. And as the people filed in the church, Roberta put her collar up. She put her hood up and, and she said, let's go. And we followed these people into a packed church. And I'm Claude and Dion. I was raised not far from the town in the city in the country where we may may not be at this time. And I was raised by two parents who believed in something, so this wasn't unfamiliar to me. But I racked my brain, what was the feast night? And I could find none on the date that it was. And I even looked on my phone, I said, is it a feast of uh, St. Barnabas? No. But as we walked into this church, it was packed with families. It was packed with people there, sharing their space, sharing the oxygen, sharing their sweat almost. And candles were burning, and everyone seemed somewhat patient. But there was also something on their faces. They started to sing. And it was a hymn that was, it was one of those hymns that is both beautiful and morose at the same time. It doesn't fill you with joy, but it doesn't fill you with sorrow either. And Roberta and I watch, and then someone across the church stood up and they said, that's her, that's Roberta Claus. Uh, and then the crowd changed and they started shouting at her and we ran and we were quick and we got out of that church and we got in the new home. We drove back to the room I was sharing with Spackle the elf and I ran up to two flights of stairs and I said, Spackle, it's time to go. And Spackle was covered in popcorn, which she really irritated me at the time. Until I realized later, he said, well, I was, you know, making a popcorn. He was doing those popcorn garlands. But at the time, I said, yeah, Spackle. I said, we're going to share the pop. I said, let's go. I got Roberta Claus. And we grabbed our things. And we hopped in the U-Haul and Roberta Claus drove. Roberta Spankle and I spent days driving, driving across the continent, stopping at town and city, a village and hamlet. And with every stop, we found more of the same people in churches, people in shelters, people at food banks, groups gathered 
uh, giving their time. And I could tell Roberta had started to have doubts about how much of an impending threat it was. And we talked about it. And those conversations are semi-private, but we went back and forth. Like, was this something to be concerned about? Was this something to worry about? Or was this a, a continuation of, of some sort of new Christmas, some post-Santa Christmas? And, and it brought up uh, emotions on both sides. Now, Spackle, we could talk about it at another point, but Spackle stayed mostly silent. But we went back and forth looking at all the angles, and Roberta is a keen observer. So she had lots to offer. And we were close to having the feeling that, yes, maybe Roberta's withdrawal, maybe the mourning around Santa, maybe the fracturing of Christmas. Well, we wondered, could this be a good thing? But there was something else at every stop we made, something in my gut that didn't ring true. And eventually, Roberta and I started to talk about it. And she said to me, Claude, I, I feel something. I can sense something. And, and I said, what is it, Roberta? And then she said, she said, Spackle, do you still carry around? Now, forest elves, of this entire lore, we obviously don't have time or the proper to, proper conditions to get into a forest elves that do the job Spackle does, carry with them a, what could be called a magical map. And one day we may have something like it, similar to a tablet, similar to a map, similar to e-ink. It's a map you unroll that works basically like a combination of a paper tablet without electronics. So I think, I don't know, I'm not a hobbyist in electronics. But Spackle, and I guess it should be noted at this point in the story, Spackle does not speak the English language or any uh, alphabet or clear way he, he communicates in noises. And I did not know Sco Scooter did not make this clear to me, but I think it's also what developed our closeness. And Roberta says, Spackle, do you have your map? And he said something like, or something like that, a noise like that, a confirmation noise. For up until now, Roberta didn't seem to need a nap. She drove with a fury of an investigator. And I almost felt like we were both on the case together. This new story was Secret Santa Rita. Was, she was investigating a story where it looked like the outcome of her downfall was a good thing for everyone. But a part of her seemed willing to accept it until now. She said, she said, Spackle, take out your map. And we had pulled off the road. We were having sandwiches, uh, it is so much more economical to buy a loaf of bread and some peanut butter and jelly than to stop at every roadside place. I think Spackle somehow communicated that to me. But she took out the map and she started to to do some things to it. And I, I wondered if it was Santa magic, but I did not get, question or get involved. But she said, she, she said, my suspicion is right, Claude. And she said, Spackle, look at this. 
And I think Speckle said, knock, knock. Or, and, and, and she said, yeah, yeah, the uh, joy levels. She said, look at all these pockets. These are the places we've been. It was a bit like a heat map. She said, the, the joy, look at the joy here. And I said, well, which, which is the joy? The green, is it green envy or joy? Is it Christmas joy green or red? Or And she said, never mind. She said that the joy levels are very low for all this activity. It doesn't make any sense. And I said, it does to me, Roberta. I can feel something in my gut. There's an under uh, undertone wherever we've been. And I said, can you see it on that map, Roberta? Because I, 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 can, I can almost taste it. And she said, Claudia, it's not coming up. Yeah, I, I, I don't know what it is either, but she goes, I know it's there. And I said, so you can sense it, Roberta. And she says, these levels. And she kept working. And she said, Speckle, do you have a, do you, give someone give me, give me a, give me a pen and a pen or a pencil. And she started to write on the, on the paper. And at first, Speckle seemed a little shocked because it seemed like she was using a old school pen and paper. And I said, Roberta, what are you doing? And she said, I'm making a naughty list. Roberta said that the naughty list had gone out of vogue uh, not that long after World War II. His effectiveness, uh, Santa never really believed, the modern-day Santa uh, never believed in the naughty list. Now, maybe he could have used it because not many years after it, he would go underground for almost a half a century or over a half a century, I guess, depending on what timeline you're viewing. But Roberta said, I'm making a naughty list. And I said, a real naughty list, Roberta. And she said, yes. And she said, she said I'm looking for tattletales and gossipers. And she started to list names, names I'll never reveal, ever reveal. The names started to appear. And as she held her hand over the name, you know, she started to be able to tell where the child were, what they were, you know, how were they a gossip or were they a t- And I said, does tattletale get you on the naughty list? And she said, Claude, she said, yes, it will, depending on what you're tattletaling about. But that you're calling someone a tattletale will also get you on there. But telling on them or judging them what. She said, this is why we got rid of the naughty list. But I'm, you know, I know what I'm doing, Claude. And she said, get behind the wheel, let's go. And she guided me. She, I was trying to watch out of the corner of my eye and watch the road at the same time. It was not anything like mapping technology in any way, shape, or form. But, you know, we're dealing with possible demigod here. But it was still, she was looking and it was changing colors and giving some sort of directions. And the young man's name was coming up and finally we arrived at his house. And Roberta went into the house. She she said, wait here. And she knocked on the door. And the boy answered the door. A boy did and Roberta went in the house. And a part of me was, uh, I, I just, I said, was, is she into spackle? Is she interrogating what is going on? And I guess you you would know at this point, Spackle, the elf, the forest elf, he's friends with Scooter. 
in, in Spaggle's history is uh, tied in with your friend Scooter's history with Roberta Claus and Santa Claus before that. Uh, for right around the time of Santa's passing, now there are no no proof or not even suspicion that Scooter and Spackle were involved in that. But Scooter and Spackle had tried to start a little business where they were pitching ideas to Santa and then to Roberta Claus, and she had a lot going on, clearly. But these are two very, this is an enthusiastic forest elf. And then, you know, an odd podcaster. And they kept pitching and pitching Roberta Claus. And at some point it became almost a parody or a comedy to Roberta Claus. But also an irritant. She said, gee, Spackle, Scooter, I've had enough of your Christmas ideas. She said, candy cane rain is a terrible idea. And that's the last one I'll be hearing from you two. And they were... I guess they never asked, would that get you on irritating Santa Claus? It should put you on the naughty list. But then Roberta Claus exited the house. She she walked slowly up to the U-Hall. We were still in with her sleigh in the back. And I wondered how she, she did she interrogate this boy? Did she coax it out of him? What but I said, did he, t- did he tattle on himself, Roberta? Did he tell? And she said, he told me what I needed to know. And we were in a big city at this point. And she said, we need to find a place to stay for the night. And I said, why, Roberta? And Roberta told me that the secret Santa was in people's dreams. This boy was very resistant. Even though he would tattle on his friends, he did not want to tattle on secret Santa. She said he was worried. And she said that adults and children had been being visited by the secret Santa in a very subtle way. And she said she needed to spend a night to look into the children's dreams and try to. And then I, that blew my mind for all I knew about Santa. I think at some times I had heard, you know, I'd heard about sugar plums dancing in your head. In those things, and I said, well, maybe Santa won't get you what you really want for Christmas. Or you didn't get this because Santa knew what you really wanted deep down. Well, I, that's when I, you know, I just wanted you to hug me, Mother. That's what I, well, here's your hug. There you go. No toys, though. Excuse me, folks. I, I, that's unprofessional of me. But Roberta has said that she did have the ability to watch people's dreams. And it's just another thing. That unnerves me with the governments of the world also putting their resources behind tracking down Roberta Claus. I mean, but maybe one day we would have, but I don't know if we would want a President Claus in any, you know, either Roberta Claus, Santa Claus, or just a president named Claus. But we spent a night, uh, we spent a night in Spackle and I slept as Roberta Claus had her own room and she said she needed some privacy. But as the next morning came and, and Spackle and I were getting dressed, Roberta knocked on her door. And she didn't look tired, but she looked thoughtful. And I just wondered to myself, you know, was Santa on some sort of, when would the guy sleep? When would she sleep? But she said, she said, we, we, need, we, need to, we need to go. 
And I said, what's he say? I said, we're not returning. I'm going to lose the deposit on the U-Haul, aren't I, Roberta Claus? And she said, no, no, just call them and tell them it's here. You know, they'll pick it up. And I said, are we going to rent a car, Roberta Claus? And she said, no, we're taking the sleigh. And so we pulled the U-Haul around the back of the motel we were staying at. And we hit it, and we waited till the next evening came. Roberta slept most of the day, which kind of answered my question. But, you know, under this, these circumstances, anyone would need some sleep. And as the night grew deep and dark, Roberta Claus said, you know, we're going to get in the sleigh. And then I said, well, geez, don't you? And she said, don't make me explain the sleigh, how it works to you. She goes, it's clear to me after the dreams and speaking with this young man, something's coming. And we need to be ready for it and we need to be mobile for it. And we got to slay up in the air. And, and as serious as the task at hand was, I did not have a chance uh, at this point in the story to enjoy being in Santa's sleigh. Or even start to answer the details, and I think there was a a masking effect. I I don't I don't know if I could explain what was going on to control the sleigh, or the propulsion of the sleigh, or all those things. But also, Roberta had a spackle, and I working very hard because we begun circling. The, the the most populated areas of the earth. And watching the naughty list and Roberta, she was going through some sort of listing and she was doing her own thing with just a simple pen and paper while Spackle and I worked on his magical map. But then at some point there was a surge and it was on Spackle and I's map and it was clearly, it was like it was being projected on the back of Roberta's eyeballs and the sleigh made a great turn in the sky. And it would seem like it was going so smooth and slow at this turn, but I knew we were rocketing at speeds humans had never experienced before, except for the kid, you know, kids that may have gotten chances to ride in Santa's sleigh, supposedly. But those would be kids on the naughty list, liars. But as we picked up speed, I said, Roberta, what is it? She said, it's the lads. And she showed me a place on the map, and she said, she goes, it's the 13-year-old lads. And I said, I, I, I was not familiar with what she was talking about. I had heard of the Yule Log. But she said, it's a, she goes, you can see them, they're debouching their way through these towns. And she goes, it was just a blip just hours ago. She And Roberta said, I thought it was one of those Santa Cons, a Sanarchy event. She, she goes, it's in tough, tough to interpret all this data, these data points to a human. You know, no offense. But she, as we made the way, she explained quickly to me that the 13-year-old lads were a bit like a mad Bacchanalian version of the Seven Dwarves, little trolls. I, I don't think she used the word trolls. It might be my word. 
and that they would just tear their way through cities and countrysides, drinking and vandalizing, making merry. But Roberta said she, she, she could see that they had whipped in a fever and that they already had followers. And as we started to circle, they were in a part of Europe where towns were close to each other and people were already used to touring from town to town. And there was a giant wreckage in their path of emptied bars. And, and these lads had a thing for yogurt, some strange yogurt obsession. So towns were stripped of their yogurt and Christmas and holiday decorations that had made it up. They had vandalized uh, churches and schools, town squares. And they were followed by more and more merrymakers. And Roberta started circling and she said, she said, I don't know what to do. And she made a couple of dives on the sleigh, but the, the 13 lads and I saw them and they, they were, you know, mad with lust and, and, and drunken revelry. And she circled them again and again and, and people started throwing yogurt packs at the sleigh, but then she just went, you know, increased altitude. And she seemed nervous. She seemed to be considering her options, and I wanted to grab her and say, Roberta, you need to act. But then she said, look down there, one of the lads is trailing behind. And she circled, and one of the lads had started to tra- trail, and he was limping. And she landed in front of his path, and he was limping, he has sustained a cut while smashing Christmas ornaments. And Roberta sat with him so, so gently and stitched him right up. She had a very nice medical kit on the sleigh, which would make sense. But I couldn't believe her first aid skills. But again, it would make sense that Santa Claus or Roberta Claus be prepared for all things. And I got to tell you, Spackle the Elf is an excellent uh, nurse. But she, she stitched up this elf and she said, you hurt yourself there, smashing. And, and the elf had seemed, or I guess it was a lad, a troll-like elf dwarf. It seemed to be calmed by Roberta's presence and being away from the the madness of his friends. And she said, I need you to go back and, and pick up 4,000 yogurt cups and bring them to a recycle facility. And then, you know, clean up the rest of these uh, ornaments you broke. And she said, she said, which one are you? Because, you, you know, she, she'd explained to me earlier, the old lands were supposed to come one at a time. They'd never come as a group before. They were scheduled to come one at a time, starting, I think, 13 days before Christmas. And he said, I'm number one. She said, oh, good, so you'll be gone at Christmas. And then she flew, and and then she said, I don't know what to do. We're we're not going to get so lucky that these other elves are going to injure themselves, these lads. And she said, what about that podcast, Spackle, your friend? And I said, oh, yeah, the boring podcast guy. And she said, I have speakers on the on the sleigh. So we started playing the boring podcast the Mad Scooter makes. My, I like Scooter. We're not friends. 
you know, I'm a cor- I'm a professional correspondent being corresponded with, but we started to play, and slowly some of the human revelers, they had spent too much time drinking anyway, they started to fall off and started renting rooms or sleeping in anywhere they could find space. And then about six of the lads started to slowly fall off one at a time. And as each one would fall asleep, Roberta would bring the sleigh down, and she had a whole, uh, what do you call it, a, a scooping system, one of those nets, and she would pick them up and bring them in different directions and separate them. And she said, as long as they're separated, they'll be pretty docile. It's this mob mentality as they wait for each one. And she said, these people, these these mountain towns won't stand for their nonsense. She said, they'll just bring them down and, and they'll have a nice little holiday in each little town I'm leaving them in. But then we returned to scene and there were still a number of these Yule lads making merry. And I said, Roberta, don't you have any, I know slaves shouldn't be weaponized, but don't you have any North Pole technology you can use on them? You know, don't, can't, can't you use any of Santa's magic? And she said, she said, Claude, don't you see this is just a probing test? She, she goes, these are just merrymakers. She goes, they're just here to see what we're capable of and what we're willing to do. And she said, plus I really don't have any North Pole technology. She goes, it's at the North Pole. And I said, so this is like a distraction, these Yule lads. And she said, yeah, look at it. And she said, oh, God, Spackle. She goes, what are your naughty level readings? And Spackle made some noises, and it basically, she she grabbed the map out. She said, oh, no. She said, that's exactly what this is, a distraction. She said, they've clogged our naughty meter. It's She goes, the levels are so high. We can't see outside this region. And she kept trying to reset and re- even with her Santa magic. She, she, she couldn't bring the naughty levels down and she circled again and again. And then she said, Spackle. She goes, what about that candy cane rain? She goes, and, and now one thing I knew about Spackle was he always carried this giant satchel around with him. It was like a backpack that could be a duffel bag, but it was humongous. It was elven size, and Spackle's a force elf, so bigger than a, not as big as a Lord of the Rings elf. Huskier than that, though. Not not that tall, maybe four feet tall, Spackle was. And I also think he had storage in his elven, elven cap, which was more North, North Pole elf. Uh, than than not, and he said, "Which window was something like some sort of sound that I'm too dignified to make?" But he dug through his bag, and then him and Roberto were communicating. And I said, "I think Roberto speaks this forest elf language." But he, he was pointing to the engines and pointing, and she said, "Yes." yes. And then we started and Spackle was underneath, hanging from the bottom of the sleigh, clanging and clinging. And then we landed, and I said, oh, wow, we landed at a warehouse. 
that had, had stocks of candy canes. And I said, I wonder if they're saving these for next year. But And then I was also surprised that the candy cane rain was made from real candy canes, but we loaded on candy canes, and that took a bit of time unwrapping them. But then Roberta Claus said, just throw it all in, and, and, and we, 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 we fixed a cardboard hopper on the side of the sleigh, and I, my job was just to hold it on, even though it had straps and things. Kind of like the foolhardy man who buys a mattress and poorly ties it on his roof, yet he still holds on. But I was doing it the best behest of Roberta Claus. And then we started to circle the mob, and the machine that speculated, or the add-ons he had done, started to shake and rumble Santa's sleigh. And then the peppermint misty smell filled the air, and I even noticed my skin getting a sheen of uh, red and white grease that I did put to my lips, and it was uh, candy cane-like. Every once in a while, I'd even get a droplet of that other flavor of candy cane, the red and the yellow striped one. But as the candy cane rain rained down, the mob slowed, their progress impeded by an overload of sugar, you know, because for a while they just put their mouths to the heaven and drank it, and that caused many of the humans to sugar crash. And even one or two of the Yule lads, but some still strove on bar to bar, place to place, but then finally they further slowed down. And at some point their progress became impossible as the candy started to coagulate. And Roberta dropped the nets, and we started to send the. We started to separate these Yule lads across Europe. We I feel bad for the Europeans, whose towns we dropped these Yule. We dropped a few of the candy cane ones in small lakes. I think Zurich, and I said, "She says that environment." And Roberta Claus said, "Claude, don't report that. I can fix it." And I said, well, fish may like candy canes anyway. But at the whole time, Roberta Claus was, was shouting orders at a, a Spackle. She was saying, Spackle, I need you to... And I couldn't quite make it out, but as we dropped off the last Yule lad, she said, she said, have you gotten a hold of the North Pole, Spackle? I need you to get a hold of the North Pole. And Spackle said, basically, no, you can't get a hold of him. And she said, did you get a hold of Scooter? Did he? She goes, you guys got a hold of the North Pole all the time in the past. What do you mean you can't get through? Neither one of you gets through. You would call me 14 times. And Scooter, with his text, he thought was witty. And Spackle, and, and I don't know if it was some sort of, but finally, Robert said, what do you mean? There, there's no communications out of the North Pole. And Spackle made a noise that sounded like a guffump cry. Or say, I don't know, I'm not a poet. I'm a reporter, damn it. But Spackle made it, and she said, there's nothing at the North Pole. No power at all. Nothing. And I think she had given Spackle the, well, Spackle and Scooter Priority knew how to get past the secret firewalls. 
but it became quickly apparent that we needed to get to the North Pole. And Roberta said, hold on, boys. We're going north, and we don't have very much time for the Bell Snickles are coming. And she said, who knows what else lies in their wake. We have to save Christmas. And we made our way to the North Pole. Now, while we made our way to the North Pole, I did take my time checking media outlets. And all this mayhem was being blamed by Roberta Claus. And a worldwide hunt had gone, and I didn't realize Roberta Claus's brilliance with the U-Haul. For they had created no-fly zones over the towns we had driven through. But we had slipped through that no-fly zone, and then they had recently headed off to where the Yulets were, and they were trying to make sense of what happened there. But right now, I'm with Roberta Cross, I'm with Spackle, and we're on the way to the North Pole. And I'm still on this story. This is Claude Neon reporting. Good night. Say good night and thank you. Good night to Pony Up in 1980. Uh, dreams for insomniacs. Uh, they've tried just about everything. Breathing, medication, meditation, but uh, they had severe insomnia. But then they started listening to this podcast and it's helped out a lot. And Scooter has a balance of being interesting, but impossible to follow. So thank you, Pony Up 1980. Uh, Pam Craven loves the podcast. Thank you, Pam. Good night. Uh, China Dork 7733 says, uh, is a new best friend. Oh, wow. Thank you. Uh, Jesse J. I don't know if that's the Jesse J. That's the singer because you were in. I think you were in last year's uh, Thanksgiving Day Parade. Uh, but a little weird, a little silly, and a lot of help falling asleep for Jesse J. Thank you, Jesse. Uh, J H Root. Did I already thank you, J H Root? Well, I'm getting thanking you again. Solution for a lifelong insomniac. Thank you, J H Root. You're grateful. I'm grateful. Uh, Ty Weave or T.I. Weave 01. Oh, I mean to thank you, but I'm thanking you again as well. Thank you, Ty Weave. Wow. I want to thank Maddie1976 from the UK and Great Britain. Or the UK or Great Britain since it was said pretty much how they used to put their son to sleep. They didn't think it would work for them, but A triple plus. Thank you, Maddie. Uh, the Anonymous from, uh, I wonder if that's a mist. We don't know the name of it. What kind of mist is that? Anonymous. Uh, are you sure that's not a Great Britain mist or a Northern or UK, United Kingdom mist? No, it's Anonymous. Well, thank you for your, it's a sweet spot, sweet spot. Super relaxing ramble. Thank you. And then A.J. Teal from Australia worked for them. Scooter manages to distract you, put you to sleep. 
Thank you, AJ Teal. Uh, L Ropes One also says the podcast. Wow, it was amazing. Thank you, L Ropes. Over on Twitter, I want to thank Benji Box and say good night. Lisa Case, good night. Sammy, good night. Uh, Kelly H, good night. V, it's Brony. Bryony. I think it's Miss Bryony. Good night. Thank you. Eli, good night. Brandon A, good night. Uh, Blue T-shirt, good night. Thank you. Emily, good night. Uh, Pan Magazine, good night. And Rebecca LW, good night. Whiting, good night. Kelly, uh, Lida Lie, good night. Uh, Keeney, or Kinney, K-I-N-I-A, good night. Lisa, good night. Mike, good night. I hope you're resting, Mike, my friend. Uh, Steph B.D., or Steph D., good night. Stephen S., double, double S., Stephen, good night. Anna, good night. Allie B., good night. Ben M., good night. Mary, good night. Of course, good night to Babs, Amanda, good night. Uh, Jen, Misha, good night. Uh, Lauren C., good night. Melissa, good night. Uh, ben S. in the Cap Hello Collection, good night. Stephen R., good night. Kate N., good night. Honor W., good night. Laura H., good night. Jesse H., good night. And you guys sleep so good. Dan H., good night. Claire G., good night. Uh, Jeannie T., good night. Lindsay S., good night. John S., good night. Kelly G., good night. Uh, Chelsea M., good night. Aaron D., good night. Uh, Kath S., good night. And Rudolph, the saving Kath's life. Uh, Ahab's wife, good night. Michaela, good night. Damon D, good night. BM, good night. Catherine, good night. Uh, Bob C, good night. Emily, good night. And uh, that's great, that Breaking Bad. Uh, Teresa, good night. Alexandra, good night. Bex, good night. Lauren, good night. Uh, Rachel, good night. Thank you for the comments on the website. Mark, good night. And thank you, Mark in Ireland. And Rachel's an Avengers TV show fan. Good night, Kimberly. Thank you for buying something on Amazon. And our buddy Marcus, I hope you're doing good, buddy. Good night, Michael. Good night. Thank you for using the Amazon link, sleepwithmepodcast.com slash Amazon. And I think that's it for now. Good night, everybody. Sleep tight.